Hey, this is Derek Wooten. I'm lead pastor of Makers Church here in Cincinnati, Ohio, where our desire is to make disciples and make a difference. Thank you so much for joining us through our podcast. We pray this message speaks life and encouragement into you and what God is doing in your life. Hope you enjoy it. And amen, amen. Come on, let's stand to our feet one more time before we get into the word today. Man, I'm grateful of what God is doing and God is saying. How many of you guys know God's just not speaking to this house, but he's speaking to his people at large? And that we're just a small piece of what God is doing in the earth to those that are saying yes. And so we're grateful we can get into the word and study the word today. And I just wanna take a minute before we uh, start today and study. I believe that the Lord has given me a very specific word that's gonna challenge our hearts. But I've told you before, how many of you guys know the first step to change is being challenged? So he's gonna challenge us today through his word, but because he's so good, he's gonna challenge us in a way that invites us to change and continue to be more like him. And so I want us to pray and ask the Lord to just meet us here today. He would give us ears to hear and a heart to receive what he is saying, and that then we could respond to what he is doing in Jesus' name. Can we pray together? Father, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for this time that we have every week we get together. God, may we do as the word says in Hebrews. God, may we never neglect the assembling of the saints. God, may we always say yes of gathering and celebrating, God, and receiving and being equipped, Lord, from your word and your spirit, God, to be those that get into the world to make disciples and make a difference. And God, I pray that today over the next few minutes, God, that you would give us ears to hear, God, a heart to understand. Lord, may we receive and respond to your word. God, and may we continue to say yes to how you continue to mold us and shape us and to all that you would have us to be. God, because you're so good and we're grateful that we get to be a part of what you're doing in the earth. God, we give you praise today and we're ready in Jesus' name. Come on, if you're ready, somebody say amen. Amen, come on, be seated all over the room. We're gonna get into the word of God today. Hey, I wanna make quick mention, I forgot to tell you. uh, We have folks almost getting saved weekly in our outreaches and we are in need of someone or people to help us serve, to drive uh, our church van to some of these locations that are in our community to pick up these folks because they wanna come to church. How many of you guys know that's something we should say yes to? If you've got a driver's license, I think you could help us out. So if you would like to drive on Sundays, I promise it's not far, but it would make us an eternal impact to bring people into the house of God. If that's you, I want you to see Kim Orlman today, uh, Kim or Duff, or see Brother Alan Tudor, one of our elders. Let them know that you're willing to start driving and just bringing people to church because, listen, just like you like this and you need this, they need this too. Amen? Amen. So make sure you do that. But guys, I'm excited to get into the word today. We've been in this series and uh, Jeff did a great job continuing. He talked about serving last week, but we've been looking at this series entitled Just Like Jesus. And specifically, we've been talking about this this movement that we're saying yes to as a church family called Greater Than 20. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But I want to get to the the base text of what we've been in this series. And it's 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. And this is, I think this is part 78 of this series and we're almost done. Some of you are laughing, but it's the truth. First John chapter two, verse six. I want you to see uh, the challenge here. It says, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. What does that mean? Does that mean we could think about living like Jesus? No, the Bible is clear. We should be living our lives just like Jesus did. 
That is the word, the command there. We need to be living our lives just like Jesus did in the earth. You say, Pastor, why would we do that? Because Jesus is our example. He is our example in every way of how we should live our lives committed to the Father and the kingdom in the earth. And let me go a step further. Not only is Jesus our example, how many of you guys know Jesus is our standard? He is the standard. Somebody look around, tell somebody around you, say, Jesus is my standard. Come on, tell them, Jesus is my standard. Jesus is the standard. We, the church, the bride of Christ, we are supposed to be his reflection and representation in the earth. And so it's from this understanding where we've been looking at this, talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. How, how many of you guys know we all need the Holy Spirit in our lives? Talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. But we've embraced this and we've specifically been understanding that God desires something from us, that we are no longer a statistic in the earth, but we are the standard of God in the earth. And that we're a standard and we're saying yes to this strategy that's from heaven entitled greater than 20. Somebody shout greater than 20. And we've been looking at this, this movement that we're saying yes to as a church family. And I get to share about the last component of that today. But we've learned throughout these last several weeks about this thing called the 80-20 principle. How many of you guys remember the 80-20 principle? It's called the Pareto Principle. For other people, maybe you've heard it that way before. But this 80-20 principle, here's the premise of this principle, is that a minority, usually 20%, is typically creating a majority, usually 80%, no matter what setting or environment. See that a minority is typically creating a majority. So let me give you examples. In the business realm, they'll say this, well, 20% of our products bring about 80% of the profit in. Or maybe 20% of our salespeople make 80% of our sales. You say, well, pastor, is that a big deal? No, for the world, they can operate by that principle. That's fine. But the problem is, is we've even seen this 80-20 principle come into the church at large to where we've seen and noticed some trends that you could research and see just like I have, but where 20% of the church body makes up 80% of the volunteer base. Or 80% of a church's leadership efforts come from 20% of the leaders or 20% of the church family do 80% of the inviting to the church. You say, well, pastor, why is that a big deal? It's not okay and here's why. Because the church should never be operating with a worldly principle. See, the 80-20 principle is fine for any business or organization or institution, but the church is none of those things. The church is a living organism. It is a family and army in the earth. So hear me, that's a problem because the church should never be operating with a worldly principle because we're not from this world. We're a part of another kingdom altogether. So hear me when I say that. The 80-20 principle should not be present in the church because it's not a kingdom principle. It's not a kingdom principle. And so we have to see that this understanding of what's happening, we have to come to a place in our own heart, in our own lives at Maker's Church that we say, you know what? We're not gonna be the statistic. We're gonna be the standard. We're not gonna be the statistic. We're gonna be the standard. Here at Maker's Church, we don't wanna just be 80-20. We wanna be greater than 20 in Jesus' name. We want to be greater than 20. Why? Because Jesus is our standard. And so we can even understand. You say, well, pastor, give me some Bible that goes along with this. Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, verse 30, 43, he said, listen, you're supposed to lead by a different model. 
You lead by a different model. Even in John 18, 36, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. So hear me, church. The bride and body of Christ should never be aligned or defined by a worldly principle. Your life should never be defined by a worldly principle. If you believe that, somebody say amen. So what does that mean? That means just like Jesus, we should be the standard in the earth for the kingdom of God. Just like Jesus, we need to be the standard. Somebody shout standard. We need to be the standard. And so in the kingdom, we know we are a family. We are an army. This is for each of us and all of us. If you go read 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about how together we make up the body of Christ. And every part is vital. You are vital to the body of Christ. Not everybody else, you. You are vital. At whatever age you are, that's not the issue. But right now, as you're a part of the kingdom in the earth, you are vital to the body. You are vital to the army of God in the earth. If you believe it, say amen. And so if we understand this is for each of us, this is for all of us, that we're all vital members, then I believe that we must come together and say, you know what, then it's time for Maker's Church to say, we're not the statistic, we're the standard. And we will walk in the fullness of what God has for us, and we will commit ourselves to being greater than 20. We will commit ourselves to being greater than 20. I want to make this declaration that I've made for the last several weeks, and it's going to be on the screen. And what, how about this? Will you say this with me as we declare it together? Maker's Church will not be defined by a statistic and principle known as 80-20, but by the standard and person known as Jesus. That's our assignment. That's what God spoke to us as we step into the second half of this year and into next year. And so we've been looking at this greater than 20 movement and we felt like this movement needed four components that shaped how we operated being greater than 20. Four components and we've talked about them. They're sharing, serving, shining, and sowing. Sharing, serving, shining, and sowing. And we've looked at sharing and serving and shining already and we've given practical ways to, to do that. We've helped you guys be able to practice that over the last few weeks. And if you're here today, you can also do that. You can go right into our uh, foyer right there. You can get a new Maker's T-shirt for free. How many of you guys like free? Everybody likes free. You can get a Maker's T-shirt for free. You can pick up some Maker's invite cards and share with people about what God is doing and invite them to join right here. You can even say, well, Pastor, I want to serve. Well, we have a big serving wall that has every need that you could fill right here at Maker's because how some of you guys know, why would we ever let the family suffer when we could strengthen the family? And so you can say yes to those things. And we've been looking out how we could share and how we can shine and how we can serve together in the house and do those things. But today I want to focus specifically on this. I want to look at sewing. Somebody say sewing. And just so you know, even though we're finishing the components today, you're going to hear more about the Greater Than 20 movement. Because how many of you guys know, we're not here for the moment, we're here for the movement. So many times we get motivated by a moment, but the Spirit of God does not come so we feel better in the moment. So we'll join the movement of what he's doing in the earth. And so understand we're finishing this today, but you're going to hear more about how you can continue to be a part of greater than 20 and that you can declare confidently, Lord, I am greater than 20 in every part of my life. But today I want to look at sewing. Somebody say sewing. Sewing, not S-E-W-I-N-G for those of you that were wondering, although I did cross stitch in the sixth grade and I was pretty good at it. Then my fingers got too chubby and I wasn't good at it. <laughs> but I want us to look at 
sowing, S-O-W-I-N-G. And I wanna start here because I want us to see this church. I don't know if you know this or not, but how many of you guys know, just like we have been made and equipped by God to share or to serve or to shine, we have been made and equipped by God to sow. We have been made and equipped by God to sow. And we have been made to sow. And you say, so what? Look to your neighbor and say, so what? Come on, tell them. <laughs> so what? So what? Some of you guys got that joke. Thank you. I work hard on those. To sow what? To sow three things in particular. To sow our time, to sow our talent, and to sow our treasure. Our time, our days on the earth our talent, our abilities and spiritual gifts and our treasure, our finances and our resources. To sow those things and understand something, we have been made and equipped by God to sow. And can I tell you, when the church commits to sowing those three things, do you know what it does? It blesses the body of Christ. It blesses the body of Christ when we sow in those areas. Guess what? When you sow in those areas, you're also sowing into yourself to help you grow and develop it for the destiny that God has for your life. But what it does is when we sow, when we say yes to sowing in those areas, what it does is it strengthens the body of Christ, but it also advances the kingdom of God around the world. It, it, it blesses the church, it strengthens the ecclesia, and it advances the kingdom of God around the world. And so I wanna answer these some questions today about sowing, because the truth is some of you guys have never really heard this in this context, so I, I wanna teach, and if I yell a little bit, it's okay, because that's just preaching, so don't, don't, don't be panicked by it. We love everybody, I love you, so if I get loud, it's only because I'm passionate in Jesus' name, okay? But understand something, when you say, okay, well, what does it mean to sow? Pastor, what does it mean to sow? The very simple definition, which you could look up right now, you're not allowed to because we've locked all your phones, I'm just kidding. If you Googled it right now, if you Googled it right now, you would find the word sow just means this, to plant seed, to plant seed. Now, up here, I've got some seeds and I've got some soil and I'm not putting my hands in the soil because I don't know how dirty my hands might get. But we're gonna use that in a minute. But I want you to see something. To sow means to plant seed. And some of you are thinking, Pastor, I'm confused because how can I be a sower, but I don't have any seed? Oh, you do have seed. We all have seed. Can I show you a Bible to prove that, I, that, that we all have seed? Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse 10. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse 10, I want you to see what the Apostle Paul and the owning of Holy Spirit says to the Corinthian church. Says that now may he, you know who he is? God. Now may he who supplies what? Seed. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower. Do you know who the sowers are? We're the sowers. We're the sowers. I'll explain specifically how in a minute, but I want you to see the text. Says, now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply. Somebody say multiply. I want you to remember that word because we're finishing with that because the Lord spoke something prophetically to me that we're gonna share at the end of service today about multiplication. But he says, he, now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. I want you to see the text. God is the supplier. God is the supplier, we are the sowers. 
God is the supplier and we are the sowers. Pastor, I didn't know that I was supposed to sow. Let me explain it to you. When you said yes to Jesus, you were giving the responsibility and opportunity to start sowing. Let me explain why. How many of you guys know in our world, the transactional system that exists is buying and selling? Everybody know that? You pay for something, you buy something, and then you receive something. In the kingdom of God, that is not the system. The kingdom of God is not buying and selling. Do you know what the kingdom of God operates with? Sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. Let me show you Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. I want you to see this. It's so important. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Understand. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also what? That will he also reap. So I want you to see this today. If you've never been told before that you were a sower, if you live in the kingdom, you live your life here on earth through the principle of sowing and reaping. If you're in the kingdom of God, if you've said yes to Jesus, if you've given your life to Jesus and declared he is the savior and Lord of your life, you operate with a kingdom principle called sowing and reaping. And so now that you know, it's time to sow. Come on, somebody. Now that you know, it's time to sow. And so let's talk about this because we talked about how that we, we are supposed to be sowers. And now you say, well, pastor, so what? It's gonna get you every time now. So what? You're supposed to be sowing the seeds the supplier has given you. You're supposed to be sowing the seed that the supplier, who is it God, has given you. You have the chance, you get the opportunity to sow the seed you've been given from the supplier. Now I'm gonna show you in a few minutes, but guess what your seed and my seed is? Do you know what it is? Time, talent, treasure. Time, talent, treasure. I'll go ahead and let you in on a secret. There's only three types of seeds and we all have them. We all have been given by our supplier seed to sow, seed to sow. And all of us have the same seed. We have time, everybody say time. We have talent and we have treasure. And we get the beautiful opportunity to be able to sow that seed. But here's what's interesting. The supplier who is God does not force us to sow. He gives us the choice to sow. Because see, here's the real truth. We're gonna, we're gonna see a lot of this today. We're gonna have some fun. You get the choice as you live your life, whether you sow your seed or squander your seed. All of us get the choice to either sow the seed the supplier has given us or squander the seed. Now, really quick, we're gonna do this a few times today. How many of you guys know that it would make sense that if you're gonna sow seed, you wanna put it into something where it could actually grow? And understand something, when you sow into the church, your time, talent, and treasure, when you sow into the kingdom, you are guaranteed that it is good ground that you could sow into something that could allow it to grow. But God doesn't make you do that with any of your seed. God says you have the choice to either sow your seed or squander your seed. To take the gift of time or talents and treasure 
And you get the opportunity every day that you live to either take of those three things and either sow it into something that you know could be fruitful and multiply or take it and just waste it. Because God gives you the choice to either sow that seed or squander that seed. Now let me talk for a minute. When you sow your seed, when you take the seed of time, talent, or treasure, and you sow it into the kingdom or to the church, guess what happens? You will start reaping a fruitful and productive life. Guaranteed. But here's the reality. Just like you're guaranteed to reap a fruitful and productive life if you sow seed in the right places, here's the other part that's also true. If you don't sow your seed, but you squander your seed, guess what you're guaranteeing? You're guaranteeing a life where you start reeling with frustration and frivolousness. And I'm gonna let you know a secret today. There are too many people that say they love Jesus that are squandering their seed. There are too many people that say they're in the kingdom of God and they know that they're sowers. They know they've been given seed, but they're not saying yes to being the standard. They just settle for the statistic and rather than sowing the seed that God has given them into their church, into the kingdom, they're taking their seed and they're squandering it. They're just throwing it away like it doesn't matter. I need you to hear me for a second. I know that God is love and he loves us, but there is coming a day you will stand before him and you will give an account for every seed that he gave you. He will ask you if you sowed your seed or squandered your seed, and guess what? He knows the answer before he asks the question. And so when he asks you those questions, you're going to have to tell him why or why not you did not sow the seed that he gave you. Because I'm going to let you in on a newsflash. The Bible says in Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Everything that you say you own does not belong to you. Guess who it belongs to? The Lord. Everybody say all of it. All of it belongs to the Lord. So you're not an owner of anything. Can I, can I keep going? You're not an owner of anything. And if I slip on these seeds because I threw them down, you're going to pray for me in Jesus' name because it's slick right here. <laughs> but you're a steward of everything. And you're responsible this time on the earth, young person, you're responsible for the seed of time and the seed of talent and ability and the seed of money and resources because it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to him. So I want you to see this now as we keep going. God is the supplier. You're the sower. And he gives you the choice to either sow seed or squander seed. And here's where it gets deep. You will never reap what you want. You reap what you sow. You do not reap what you want. You reap what you sow. Well, pastor, that's not true. Actually, it's not even my standard. It's his standard. Galatians 6, 7 says, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he also what? 
reaps. So right now, as we start to look at this a little further, I just want you to think on this simple question. Am I sowing my seed or am I squandering it? Am I sowing my seed or am I squandering it? See, the reality is, is you can be a sower. You can be a sower and you can live like the standard who is Jesus. But I wanna tell you something today. The truth is, is that the majority of people, listen, squander and consume their seed. But we're called to sow and contribute our seed. And because I know what God is calling this house to, because what I believe is the anointing and calling on our lives individually and collectively together as a family and an army, I'm gonna boldly declare something today. Maker's Church will not squander their seed. We will sow our seed every chance we get. We will sow our seed every chance we get. Maker's Church will be greater than 20. We will not consume our seed, but we will contribute our seed every opportunity we have. Because we're not the statistic, we're the standard. Look to your neighbor and say, I wanna be a sower. Come on, tell him. I wanna be a sower. I wanna be a sower. And so we can see something. If we want to sow and develop into the disciples God has called us to be, if we want to sow and fulfill the destiny God has for us to advance the kingdom, we need to understand this church. That means we have to be intentional about sowing seed of time and talent and treasure every day that we live our lives. We have to be intentional. That's why that's a core value of this church. We will not just live with good intentions, but we will be known for living intentionally with every good thing that God has given us. If you believe that, say amen. So we see this. So I've answered the question, why sowing? Because we're all sowers. Now, what about where we sow? And this is enormous. This is so big, church. Where you sow determines whether you're actually sowing or squandering. Where you sow, location, location, location. Where you sow determines whether, whether you are really sowing or you are just squandering the seed. See, your seed of time, talent, and treasure, it's supplied by a king to be sown into the kingdom. Let me show you, Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33, what does it say? It says, seek what? the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. The kingdom is first and everything else is second. The kingdom is first and everything else is second. This correlates, here's where it correlates, because what you seek is where you sow. What you seek is where you sow. So if you're seeking something other than the kingdom, guess where you're gonna be sowing first? If you're seeking possessions, you're sowing into possessions. If you're seeking relationships, you're sowing into relationships. If you're seeking the things of the world, you're not sowing into good ground, you're sowing into temporal things that will not last. And we spend so much seed, we squander so much seed on things that will never matter once we go to heaven. Can I get a witness from somebody? And this is real, this is true for so many people because we've stopped being intentional about being sowers. But the reality is this church, 
If you're sowing into the kingdom first, that means that you are sowing, listen, into your church family and to the body of Christ in the earth. It starts right there. Pastor, are you sure? Absolutely. Why would God establish the church and make Jesus the head and say, now the body can do whatever it wants? He wouldn't do that because the body's connected to the head. And so the reality is, is if Jesus is the supplier of all the seed that we have, if you're gonna sow into the kingdom first, that means you're saying yes to sowing into your church because the church is the body of Christ. That's why Paul said to the Galatian church in Galatians 6.10, he said, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. When we, ever, when we have the opportunity to do good, we should do it, but especially to those in the family of the faith. We must be intentional again about where we sow the seed God has given us. We must be intentional again about where we sow the seed that God has given us. Because if we're not, if we're not intentional, we will end up squandering more than we'll ever sow we'll end up squandering more than we will ever sow. So the kingdom of God and the church is where we must sow our time and talent and treasure. Listen, first, first. How many of you guys know Jesus said seek the kingdom first? So where should you be sowing first? Into the kingdom, to the church. Why? Because we're all connected because listen, did you know the church is the vehicle that advances the kingdom in the earth? you say, well, pastor, some churches don't do that, then they need to have a revelation of who Jesus is again. Because we're not here for any man-made religious system. We are here to glorify the name of Jesus and advance the kingdom of God in the earth with everything that we say and do. That's our assignment. And so we have to understand something. If we're going to sow first, if we're gonna be people who sow, we sow our time, our talent, and our treasure. Because I'm gonna tell you, whether you realize it or not, every time you sow your time, talent, and treasure, you are impacting not just your life now, but you're also impacting eternity. Let me show you from the word of God, Matthew chapter six. Am I okay? Can I keep going? Matthew chapter six, verses 19 and 20. Jesus said this, our standard because he doesn't want us to be the statistic, he wants us to be the standard, because the Bible says we're supposed to live our lives just like Jesus did. Here's what Jesus, our standard said. He said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. Man, if Jesus is right, is right and by the way, he always is. If Jesus is right, and he always is, listen, why would you squander so much of your time and talent and treasure on possessions and hobbies and distractions? Why would you do it? Pastor, are you saying that I can't play golf? No, I play golf, I'm horrible, but I play. Pastor, you can't say that I, I, I can't have hobbies and different things? No, not at all. Absolutely, the Bible says that, 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 that we should be able to enjoy life here on the earth, but listen, not in a way where we're squandering the things that we should be sowing. There's such a difference, come on somebody. If, we, if you're not careful, where, where you thought you were being intentional and you stopped being intentional, the next thing you know, you're not sowing that seed, you're throwing that seed away. 
on, on, on what the Bible says on things that will just literally just rust and, and deteriorate and be no more. Where, where thieves can break in and steal. And so I want you to see something. If we say we're committed to being greater than 20 in sowing, what does that mean, church? That means that we must say yes to being the standard of where we're sowing, where we're growing and developing as the people of God. Pastor Derek, you make this sound like it's such a big deal. It's because it is. Let me show you how big of a deal it is. James chapter four, verse 17. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. How many of you guys know what separates us from the Lord? Sin. If you're not careful, it'll separate you not just here, but it'll separate you for eternity. It is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. I made a statement a few minutes ago, but now it's got a little more brevity to it. Now that you know, it's time to sow. Now that you know, it's time to sow. Look to your neighbor and say, I wanna be a sower. Come on, tell them, I wanna be a sower. So we've talked about why sowing. We've talked about where we're supposed to sow. Where are we supposed to sow first? The kingdom of God and the church. We're supposed to sow first right there. But let's talk about these three seeds. I'm gonna close by talking about these three seeds. Everybody has three types of seed that we've all been supplied, everybody. I haven't, I don't have more seed than you. You don't have more seed than me. We're all given the same amount of, well, we all get seed. Let me say it that way, because the Bible says he'll multiply it once we start sowing them. We have three types of seed, are you ready? Time, talent, treasure. Let's talk about the seed of time. How many of you guys know time is valuable? The older I get, the more I value time. Money, not so much. Because I've had more and I've had less, but it's money. Time, I'll never get back. That's why I don't just give my time away to anybody and everybody, because time is precious. But I want you to see something. You're supposed to be a sower of time in the kingdom of God. You're supposed to sow your time. Let's talk about time. What does the Bible tell us about time? Ephesians chapter five, verses 15 and 16. Be very careful how you live. Not being like those with no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom for we are living in evil times. Here it is, take full advantage of some days. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for whose purposes? For his purposes. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes. See that, take full advantage of every day. Listen, that only happens when you intentionally sow your time. That only happens when you intentionally sow your time. If you want to sow your time for his purposes, really quick, let me tell you, if you wanna sow your time for his purposes, that means you spend your time with God and you give your time to God. So what does that mean? That means that your devotion time is a big deal. That means that your time on Facebook is frivolous. Button up my coat for that one. That means that your time with the Lord matters more than you think that it does. Pastor, am I supposed to be perfect? God never said be perfect, but he did say prioritize the right things. Your time with the Lord, time in the word of God, time in prayer, it matters. 
because you only get seed of time. And if you don't sow it, you're squandering it. Sow, sow that time, sow that time into yourself. Listen, do you know why we offer things like Made to Make? It's a discipleship course and Made to Lead in circles. We don't do that just to give everybody something to do. We do that because we wanna help you sow into yourself to fulfill the destiny that God has for your life. And when you say yes to growing and developing as a disciple and as a leader and in the community of faith, you are sowing your time into the church and the kingdom so you can see those things come to fruition. That's why it's so important. You've gotta sow your time. Listen, did you know Psalm 90? By the way, side note, Moses wrote this Psalm. Some scholars say it's the oldest Psalm ever recorded. Here's what he said in Psalm 90. He said, the days of our lives are 70 years. And if by reason of strength, they are 80 years. Yet, they boast that, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow. Stop right there. So many people live their lives working and enjoying the fruits of their labor and that's it. They work and they do whatever they want. But notice what he says here. He says, for soon it is cut off and we fly away, go further. Verse 12, he says, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Listen, it is not okay if the only day you sow time with God is on Sunday. I understand we have to have jobs. I understand we have to work, I get all that. But if all the your seed of time all of it is here in all these other places. And then this is time with God. Are you sowing your time or are you squandering your time? You're squandering your time. You have to be intentional with how you sow your time because you only get so much of it. Even Moses, he said, he said 70, 80 years. Some of us are past 80 right now. Praise the Lord that God has been faithful to you. But you only get so much time to sow. Are you really sowing into the kingdom and yourself and the church with the time that God has given you? May we not be the statistic, may we be the standard. May we be committed to growing as disciples, to developing as leaders, and being people in the kingdom of God that sow their time back into the kingdom in Jesus' name. Two, after you have the seed of time, guess what else you have? You have the seed of talent. Somebody say talent. You have the seed of talent. Let's talk about that. How many of you guys know we were born with some natural abilities? We were born with some natural, listen, we, we have gifts and talents and abilities. Listen, we find enjoyment in them. They can even benefit us, can't they? I had, I had a gift of, of athleticism. I noticed I said I had, because now I'm 36 and I, I have a dad bod and drive a Honda, so it's a different story now. I had a gift of athleticism that benefited me. I got to go to college for free. I got $175,000 education for free. It benefited me. It almost benefited me when I went to the NFL. There's abilities and talents and gifts that you can enjoy, that you can benefit from. But listen to me, this is so important because so many people have forgotten these things that I'm talking about today. But if the gifts and talents and abilities God has given you are only used for yourself and your gain, you are not contributing your seed, you're consuming it. If you only use those things for yourself, you're not sowing seed, you're squandering seed. Because how many of you guys know God gave you things to not just bless yourself, but bless others? 
And so we can see something, whether it's a natural ability or a spiritual gift, it was given to you. You don't own it, you're only stewarding it for the time that you have on the earth. It was given to you to sow into the kingdom, to sow into your church family, and to be a blessing to the family of faith. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Go to that really quick. As each one has received a what? A gift. Minister to it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So listen, what does that mean? That means that you should say, yes, I have gifts and talents from the Lord that benefit me, but I'm never gonna use them so much that I'm not able to sow into the kingdom and to the local church with those same gifts and talents. Come on, how many of you guys believe that's true? Uh, uh, listen, ima imagine if I took my gift of communication and I went on a speaking circuit and I wasn't here for half of the Sundays that I was supposed to be here, what would that look like? Be like, well, well, well Pastor Derek, why? why? Why would you be doing that? You say, well, the, the, the reality is this, is you're supposed to be here on a consistent basis. Is, it, is that only my responsibility? Or are we a family? We're a family. So I bring my gift and I give it to the family because that's what God has told me to do. What gifts and talents and abilities do you have that you're keeping from the family? That you could be using to bless the family of God, to advance the kingdom of God. Because you just saw from the word of God, all those things you take and you minister to others. You use them to bless the kingdom of God in the earth, to bless the family of God. But the reality is, is if you're not intentional in taking that talent and using it to bless other people, instead of sowing into the kingdom that could do so many great things, you end up squandering it instead. Because the truth is, listen, how many of you guys know when you stand before heaven, God's not going to be like, oh, well, tell me how, how, how big your business was. Tell me how big your house was. Tell me how nice your car was. That's not the assignment. That's not the reason you were given the gifts and talents and abilities. You were given them to bless the kingdom. You were given them to bless the family of faith, which is the church. So hear me, God cares about the seed of talent that he's given you. And if you spend almost all of it on yourself and other things and you don't sow into the kingdom and to the church, you're not sowing, you're squandering. But that's why we said we don't wanna be the statistic, we wanna be the standard. If we can give, we wanna give. If we can serve, we wanna serve. If we can share, we wanna share. And if we can sow, we want to sow. If you believe that, somebody say amen. So we have a seed of time. We have a, a seed of talent. And we're called to be the standard and sow. Listen, serve, lead, and contribute in areas where you're gifted. If you're gifted somewhere, please bless the church. Not because I'm asking you to, but because Jesus has told you to. Because Jesus has commanded you to. Please bless the kingdom. If you have a gift, listen, I'm not saying that, 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 that that's all your time. No, I'm saying, but recognize you've got to sow what you've been blessed with. Because if you don't sow, you're squandering. Last thing, time, talent, treasure. Pastor, why do you gotta talk about money? You know, Jesus talked about money a lot. 
Jesus talked more about money than he did heaven and hell. Did you know that? If you don't believe me, go fact check me. I don't mind. Because I fact checked myself before I said it. Your treasure. Your money. How many of you guys know that God's okay with you having money and wealth? Deuteronomy says he's the one that gave you the, uh, the ability to generate wealth. God's not afraid of you being wealthy. God's okay with it. But God created giving. Listen to me. God created giving to ensure that money and wealth don't have us. Think about that for a minute. Jesus taught on money so much because he wanted to make sure that money and wealth didn't have us. He is okay with us having money and wealth. If you believe that, say amen. He's not okay with money and wealth having us. So he created giving, bringing tithe and giving offerings and sowing treasure into the church and into the kingdom of God to ensure what the Bible says, that our heart is not things, but it's the kingdom. Can I give you some Bible really quick? I was going to, thank you so much. Look here, the seed of treasure. Matthew chapter six, verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. God designed, listen, God designed giving to get greed and selfishness out of our heart. Did you know that? He created, the, the God who doesn't need anything created giving for humanity to make sure there was no greed and selfishness in our heart. So let me ask you a question as we get into this because I, I got a couple more minutes. I, I gotta go into this for a minute because I feel like the Lord told me to. If you've been blessed with resources and wealth and you give, let's say this, let's say this is 100 seeds and you give like one seed to the kingdom and the church and then you take the rest and do what you want to with it. Is that, is that really sowing your seed? That's squandering your seed. I hate to break it to you, but if you die before your retirement goes out, before your retirement runs out, you don't get to keep that money in heaven. <laughs> What's gonna go to my kids? Listen, they can't take it with them either. There's so many things of how our, our, listen, there's so many things how our world has told us about finances. We operate with a worldly principle and standard with our finances as opposed to kingdom principles. It's the truth. We have to make sure that we're sowing with our resources. Let me go further. Let me go further. I told you, Jesus said in, in Matthew 6, he said, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Let me, let me go further, because here's the real issue. You ready? Matthew 6, 24, Jesus said this. He said, no one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. Here it is, you cannot serve God and mammon. Do you know what mammon is? It's an, Ara it's an Aramaic word that essentially means riches. You can't serve both. So hear me. If you can't serve both, you can't sow into both. If you can't serve both, you can't sow into both. Listen, come on, let me see this. Let me, let me teach you just for a minute. Here's this thing about this, this spirit of mammon, if you will. 
It was a, a, a concept from a god of wealth that the Babylonians gave the Assyrians. Now, how many of you guys remember the Tower of Babylon? Babylon was a city founded on pride and arrogance. Founded on this. At the heart of this, this city, the attitude was this. Man doesn't need God, we're self-sufficient. So what are they saying? You don't need to trust God, trust your riches. You don't need to trust God, trust your riches. And so what happens is we see in the biblical sense of the world, mammon is the spirit that rests on money. Did you know that all money has a spirit on it? It either has, it either has the spirit of God or the spirit of mammon. Spirit of God or spirit of mammon. Money, listen to me, money that is submitted to God and his purposes has the spirit of God on it. That's why it multiplies and cannot be consumed by the devourer. But money that has the spirit of mammon on it, guess what? It has the opposite on it, church. Money that hasn't been submitted to God has the spirit of mammon. That's why people often try to use money to control or manipulate other people. They try to use money to control or manipulate other people. It's why people think money can bring them happiness or fulfillment. Mammon is that spirit of the world that's full of greed and selfishness, lying and deception. And it's a spirit through the love and worship of money. And guess what? It is a liar because it tries to convince us that money is the answer to all of our problems. It tries to convince us that it's the answer to all of our problems. Mammon wants to rule and it's looking for servants and seeking worshipers. But listen to me, it promises everything and delivers nothing. It promises everything, but it delivers nothing. Jesus clearly teaches, mammon tries to take the very place of God. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6 that we have to love one and we have to hate the other. Why? Because every time we get seed, if we get treasure, we have the spirit of God and the spirit of mammon talking to us. And every time we have resources, every time we have finances, we have to choose, am I going to sow my resources into the kingdom or am I going to squander it from that spirit of mammon? And we have to choose. Every time, listen, how many of you guys know every time you get paid, it's a test? It's a test of where your heart really is. Every time you get paid, that spirit of man comes in and says, whoa, why would you tithe? Why would you go above your tithe and give an offering? Shouldn't you use that for yourself? Shouldn't you be spending that on something that you want? Shouldn't you be doing this and doing that with your money? It's your money, that's what mammon says. How many of you guys know it's not your money? It's his money. So listen to me. You have to recognize and understand you have been given the seed of treasure, but not just to bless you, but to bless other people and to bless the kingdom of God and the church. If you believe that, somebody say amen. Say, well, pastor, we're in this greater than 20 thing, or are you saying that, 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 that Maker's Church, we struggle to be a generous church? No, we're a pretty generous church. But like I told you at the beginning, we're closer to the 80-20 rule than we should be. It's more like 30-70 here at Makers. 30% of our people give 70% of our resources. Say, Pastor, is that okay? I don't think it should be. You wanna know why? Because that's not a godly principle. Because the Bible says we should all tithe. Let me stand up here and say that? Bible says we should all tithe. Well, Pastor, I don't, I don't think I should tithe. Jesus told you you better be tithing in Matthew 23. Go read your Bible. 
You say it's under the law. No, it wasn't. The first act of tithing happened in Genesis with Cain and Abel. Then it happened with Abraham and Melchizedek in Genesis later. It was way before the law. Tithe is not a law. Tithe is a principle of the kingdom. And I'm going to go a step further. How many of you guys know you don't get to designate your tithe? Oh, some folks aren't going to like me now. Pastor, what do you mean I can't designate that tithe? That's my money. No, it's not. You will know why it's not? Because the tithe doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the Lord. And the Bible is very clear. He says you bring your tithe to the storehouse. He says you bring your tithe to the place where the Lord's name abide. Guess where that is? That's the church, honey. This is where you bring your tithe. Well, pastor, I want to sow into these ministries or I want to sow into these people doing great things. Great. That's above your tithe. That's above. Everybody say above. That's above your tithe. Melissa, let me tell you something. Melissa and I, we tithe here. We tithe today. Matter of fact, thank the Lord. Praise Jesus. But when we give and we sow into missions and we sow into different ministries in our city around the world, it's above our tithe because that tithe doesn't belong to me. And that 10% doesn't belong to you either. And I'm telling you right now, if you think it's not a big deal, you will give an account to the Lord for every bit of seed of treasure that you did not sow, but that you squandered instead. Pastor, are you for real? I'm absolutely for real. I'm not doing this because I'm like, oh, Maker's Church needs your money. No, God wants to make sure he has your heart. That he has your heart. And so when you understand that you've been giving a seed of treasure to sow into the church, to sow into the kingdom of God, you understand that when you sow, what does the Bible say? The Bible say that you reap. Everybody say reap. You reap the blessings of God in every area of your life. Let me ask this question. Is there anything worth separating you and your relationship with the Father? Listen, is any of this seed, whether it's time, talent, or treasure, is any of this worth separating yourself from the supplier? Separating yourself from the God who loved you so much that he looked down and he brought you out of sin and he gave you eternal life. He sanctified you. He filled, with you, filled you with his spirit, gave you purpose, gave you plans, gave you destiny. None of this stuff, listen, at the end of the day, it's seed. It's seed. I want to honor the supplier more than I want to care about the seed. So the seed, I do what I'm told to do with it, but my real desire is not to honor the seed, it's to honor the supplier. It's to honor the Lord with my time, with my talent, and with my treasure. And if you believe that, somebody say amen. 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 Come on, I want everybody to stand to your feet. We're going to pray together this morning. And if you want to volunteer after service to help serve and clean up all this seed, we would greatly appreciate it. <laughs> How many of you guys are thankful for the Lord? How many of you guys are thankful for his word? Listen, let me ask this question. How many of you guys wanna be, wanna be absolutely committed to being greater than 20? Listen, even in our sowing, we don't wanna be the statistic, we wanna be the standard. 
Let me share this with you and then we're gonna pray. I know what time it is, it's okay. It's raining, you can't do anything outside today anyway. Go back to 2 Corinthians chapter nine. I want you to see this. This is so beautiful. This is what the Lord spoke to me this morning. He said, now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. I heard the Lord say, this morning as I was praying that this entire movement of greater than 20, it's from him for one reason. I heard the Lord say that he is setting before this house an open door of multiplication and increase. I heard the Lord tell me that. You could never convince me otherwise. I heard the Lord say that this morning. He's setting before us a door. How many of you guys know the Lord orders us death so he doesn't take them? He's setting before us a door, an open door of multiplication and increase in our lives and in our church. But we have to step through the door. How are we gonna step through the door? It's when we say yes to being the standard. It's when we say yes to not being the statistic, but to saying, Lord, I'm committed to being a sharer. I'm committed, Lord, to serving. I'm committed to shining. God, I'm committing to sowing. You say, well, pastor, uh, what do you mean multiply and increase? I heard the Lord say he wants to multiply and increase every good thing in our lives. How many of you guys believe that God would wanna do that? Let me ask a question. How many, guys would, how many of you guys believe that God would wanna do that in and through this church? that he would wanna multiply and increase, not just in size, but in strength and in influence of what God wants to do in our city. I believe that this is what God is setting before us. But today we get to choose. We get to choose to do with the seed that he's given us. We can sow it or we can squander it. 